Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. We are in British Columbia, Canada. How about you guys introduce yourselves? To my to my right is Devin Jewell, owner of Pacific Bear Openers in British Columbia, Canada. Devin Jewell. To my left is Daniel Root. What do you do, Dan? I am the owner of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Clay's buddy, and uh, my, along for the ride and having the time of my life. That's right. So we're sitting at bear camp here at Pacific Bear Outfitters in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. That's what they say on their license plates. Beautiful British Columbia, Canada. They're not lying. They're not, they're not lying at all. So we got a fire crackling in front of us. It's about 60 degrees. Spoiler alert, Dan and I no longer have bear tags. We did have bear tags that were unused. Now our bear tags are used. And so this, the first, the last episode, Dan told us his story. And we gave quite a bit of context for this hunt and our relationship. And so as just a quick recap, Dan and I are like longtime friends. Our families have been friends for a long time. We're both from Arkansas. But Dan's been out of the country for 
about Dan and his wife, family, have been out of the country for about 10 years. Yep. And so Dan and I bow hunted together back in the early 2000s and just had some, we were just like, Dan kind of got into bow hunting uh, through me and we just had an awesome time. Yeah. So that's Dan and I's history. And they're back in, they were back in the States for a short time and we've been planning this hunt for a long time. A decade. And so Devin Jewell, Devin W. Jewell, I had, a, I, I had a W in the most people's names because of the very monumental time in my life when President George W. Bush was our was our president. So I just added W to everybody's name. I don't know why. Devin W. Jewell, he, uh, he graciously, graciously had us in his camp this year. So Devin and I were the only ones in camp. And... I want to give just a little bit of a context of British Columbia is an El Primo place to hunt black bear. When you look at the scope of northern bear hunting, black bear hunting, British Columbia is at the at the top of the heap in terms of in many places. And it's not it's not necessarily that there's this is the only place to kill a big bear. But when I say at the top of the heap, I mean it's these are some of the more expensive hunts in Canada. Mm-hmm. If on an outfitting hunt, you've got to have an outfitter to hunt. A non-resident has to have an outfitter to hunt in Canada. And the the epic beauty of this place is what stands out. Yeah, uh, oh, We're man. in the coast mountains of BC, which this is basically the... I mean, would you say this is the northern stretch of the Rockies? No, no. The Rockies is totally different. Okay. So Rockies border Alberta, BC. Okay. So these, this is totally yeah, separate so the from the coast Rockies. range. Just runs up the ocean, starts in like northern California ish, and but it's not as big there, and then runs up into like Alaska. Okay. Okay. Yeah, through so it runs all through BC and up into Alaska, and it's one of the the newest mountain ranges in North America. One so it's newest. very pointy. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. pointy, very new, very glaciated. Yeah. Place. Yeah. Yeah. Really dramatic. Yeah. Very dramatic. So. From almost any vantage point, we can we are in dense forest, but can see the tops of snow-covered mountains. Yeah, we talked about last episode about the epic water features of this place: Man. big glacial, fast-moving rivers, waterfalls around every corner. That if yeah. they were in Arkansas, we would have a state park there. You know, one thing we did. You, you saying almost from any vantage point, we can see snow-capped mountains. Just kind of, I think another thing that makes this place and this hunt really fun is you you feel like you're a part of this uh, again from arkansas and rarely seeing snow on the ground for more than about 15 minutes right being in a land where you're surrounded by these snow-capped mountains but i'm walking around a t-shirt you know i'm hiking i'm getting warm we're not Freezing. I mean, we're super comfortable. Yeah. It's uh. The igloos we stay in are nice. <laughs> the igloos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good. That's a yeah. good point. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Mild temperatures. Yeah, super comfortable. But we're we're looking at these snow-capped mountains, which to us is like crazy. Usually, when you're in a place where it's really wild and, and far out, you're also, I feel like, at least I've been weather-wise, also really uncomfortable. And you've hiked in the Himalayas. Yeah, that, and that's what I'm talking about. So, anytime I've done stuff like this, it's been in the Himalayas, and you're either struggling with altitude sickness, or you are freezing your 
tail off no matter what you're doing. Right. You could be sitting on the fire and you're still cold. But here, I mean, you've got yeah. all the beauty of that, but no problem with altitude and you are just fit as a fiddle weather-wise. It's no problem. Yeah, amazing. No, so Dan, and some he's been on a couple of pretty big adventures. And uh, how far did y'all hike? You went on a five-day backpack trip in the Himalayas and yeah. summited a nice mountain <laughs> we, over there. We didn't make a summit. Um, okay. The weather closed in on us, but we hiked up to 16,500 feet. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that's pretty tall. Yeah, that's pretty tall. The oxygen at 18,000 feet is uh, when it's half of the oxygen content for sea level. So wow. basically it takes two breaths to do what you normally do. But you're you 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 know you're you're working a lot harder too. So. Yeah. Wow. 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 So British Columbia is this beautiful place. To me, this the the water, the mountains, but also the bear hunting. Tell us a little bit about just Devin like like maybe maybe just recap what we said last time about how the western side of these mountains are more lush and so critters are bigger yeah so for well especially when it comes to bears so rainfall kind of equates to like numbers of bears and quality of bears so you get on the west side of the coast range just like precipitation is measured in like feet a year right so the others on the east side uh of course it's much drier almost like arid desert so on the west side of the mountain range, you get just get more more berries, more growth, fireweed, just yeah. a longer growing season and far more plentiful growth from that. Yeah. So of course, uh, higher densities of bears and yeah. bigger bears. Yeah. 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 So British Columbia, you know, talking about it being a a primo destination for black bear. These bears have like the older mature males in this region are are known for having big frames big gorilla like frontal like big arms big chest big frames i mean every every destination kind of has something that's unique you know and uh i would say that that's a feature of here is just big old bears gorilla like bears and a lot of bears yeah yeah that's i I don't know but for me that really surprised me yeah we've had some really cool bear encounters yeah (laughs) Before we get into my hunt, maybe we'll talk about the encounter we had yesterday. Ran, so we, we'd already used our tags. We were actually going out to shoot some B-roll for for video. And we stopped at just a random location that had some nice vistas. And we get out of the truck. And Devin goes, holy cow. Canadians don't say holy cow. They say other stuff. He said, holy expletive. There's a bear. <laughs> and we look over, and what did we see, Devin? Uh, there was a brown, like a brown chocolate-colored sow uh, just across the road. It's on like a big stump garden, uh, like an older tree, which must have had a cub in it. Uh, so she was just sitting at the base of the tree watching just us. like 30, 40 yards. Yeah, just across the road. Man, sitting on this huge, like, four-foot stump. I mean, it was a spectacular Beautiful. sight. Beautiful. To see this bear standing on the stump. And so we're we're all thinking this bear's gonna run away. So we're like scrambling to get the cameras. Dan's grabbing the five D, and we're just like taking pictures. We're thinking we're gonna have like thirty seconds before this bear yeah. jumps off this stump and leads. And we just like keep taking pictures and keep taking video. And it's like this bear doesn't seem to be that worried about us being here. So I'm like, hey Dan, walk <laughs> up to that bear. 
I'll film you. You and are so, an idiot, and I'm a bigger <laughs> idiot for doing it. And so he just kind of starts like creeping towards this bear, and the bear doesn't move. Creeping, 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 and you're like eight yards from this bear who's just standing there, beautiful chocolate-colored, yeah. color-phase bear. Gorgeous and in the bear. bear hunting community, like a color-phase bear is a is a unique animal. So it was just a spectacular, and it wasn't large. I mean, we knew it wasn't a big bear, but it was an adult bear. It yeah, wasn't adult a female. it was an adult. And and you know, after assessing the situation, Devin was like. Guys, that's a female, and she probably has a cub because she would not move, and then she started getting aggressive. Yeah. So Dan's like seven yards from her taking pictures. I'm like probably 14 yards. (laughs) I'm hiding in the truck. I'm in the truck hanging out in the window. Drinking some coffee. Going, get closer. (laughs) And this bear finally like woofs. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we sat there. So the long story is, we ended up sitting there for thirty, it, minimum thirty minutes, filming yeah. this bear. She was woofing, popping her teeth. She Got would, she would, yeah, jump towards us and stomp the brush. Yeah. And clearly, the bear was was guarding a cub that was either up a tree or Sleeping in a hole. Something. She did not want to move, and she wasn't gonna move. Mm-hmm. She actually got closer to us. Yeah, and so. You know, in a situation like that, you don't want to push it. But it was hard to leave. Like, we just kept... Devin, like, was, like, in the truck, just like, okay, guys, we need to... He's like, guys, I see this all the time. We're like, like, there's a bear right yeah, there. De- yeah, <laughs> Daniel and I, we were just like, but how Devin, do we leave? There's a bear. We were just, like, watching this bear. I mean, it, and it got real comfortable with us. I mean, even though it was being aggressive, yeah. it was kind of odd because it... You got comfortable with being there and just yeah. like sit down and she scratch its ear. She wasn't super worried because she now wouldn't. when we got closer, that's uh-huh. when she yeah. got aggressive. Yeah, and you know, in a situation where you're on a baited hunt, you see things like this. Like you're seeing bear close proximity, a lot of bears. Mm-hmm. But on a spot and stalk hunt, which in British Columbia, that is the only legal method of harvest is spot and stalk. So you can't use. Uh, well, it's not. You can you can hunt with hounds. Yeah, you can for black bear in British Columbia. Hounds, yeah. You cannot hunt over bait in British Columbia. And so, but it was just a unique experience, and and uh, so that was that was that. So Dan killed a bear, and in the first episode of this, you would have heard about Dan's hunt, which he killed a bear on the second day. Mm-hmm. So on the third day was my first time to hunt and i was hunting with a new rifle that i got i got a best of the west hunter elite rifle which is a spectacular long range guns one of the i mean the the el primo long range gun made in my opinion and uh so this gun is it has a custom turret that's built by the guys at Best of the West, 300 Win Mag. Basically, Best of the West calibrates this gun for you, drop data, builds a custom turret, sights it in. Like, the package is hunting ready when you get it. And this is this gun has got a turret that goes out to 900 yards and is guaranteed accurate out that far. Now, can I shoot it that far hunting accurate? No. I mean, that to be able to shoot that far takes a lot of practice, a lot of skill. And I'm a proficient shot, but uh, but not not a long range expert at all. But so I'm carrying this best of the West rifle, 
And Dan killed his bear walking the roads, which that's a, there's two ways that we hunt here. Walking roads because road ditches in a heavily forested region, the ditches let sunlight touch the forest floor. And so all kinds of vegetation that the bears eat, primarily fireweed grow in the ditches. So the bears are along these logging mm-hmm. roads. So we walk the logging roads and find bears. The second way is hunting cut blocks, which are forestry chunks out of the timber where they've cut all the trees. Second year cut blocks. Are the hot spots. Are the hot spots. Hot but, spots. Man, just look at those huge bear hides. Wow, look at them over there. <laughs> wow. Spectacular bear hides within 12 feet of us. So, so I, I told these guys that the way I preferred to kill a bear in British Columbia was glass in these cut blocks. That just, to me, that's the way I, when I envision killing a bear here, I envision glassing in some beautiful glacial valley and seeing a black speck far away eating fireweed mm-hmm. in a cut block. So it's the third day of the hunt. Devin takes us into this area that has a lot of two-year-old cut blocks and he'd been in there some this year and had seen some sow- did you see some sows and cubs in there yeah sow cubs i didn't see any singles i don't think i think just sows and cubs i'd seen so yeah, but that was like two weeks ago or yeah, something. yeah before you got here by a bit yeah so you never know yeah you so never we know. go back in there because like just the the scenario is right for there to be a bear there and it's clay's first day to hunt and i get out of the truck and we start walking down the road. Well, no, before you, do you, you want to talk about, you were telling us what a group of bears was called. <laughs> yeah, so this 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 will play greater significance into the story later. At some point earlier in the day, I had asked a bear trivia question to Devin and Dan. And I said, do you guys know what a group of bears is called? Because there's That's a name. That's not a family unit. That's not a family unit. Yeah, What's group. a family unit? Well, it's Mother like sound cubs. Oh, so a non-family unit. So animals, animals have grouping names like a covey of quail, a herd of elk, a flock of geese. Pride of lions. A pride of lions. A, um, a sounder of pigs. A snickerdoodle of squirrels. <laughs> Isn't that it? Yeah, snickerdoodle. I thought so. I can't tell if you're joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was like, man. Did you not wait. know that? Snickerdoodle squirrels? Right. So so there's these names that describe groups of animals. Now, bears are typically not in groups. So I asked him the question, and Dan guessed. Well, the answer to the question is a sleuth. Which is... A sleuth of bears. Yeah. So if you were to see a grouping of bears, perhaps like in a clear cut, and they were all together, you'd say, man, there was a whole sleuth of bears up there. <laughs> I, I might not say that. Dan wouldn't. But so Dan was like, that's kind of a stupid name. <laughs> He's like, and then what'd you say? Uh, I, 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 man, they need, bears are, just being here, bears are just really awesome and big. And if you have a group of bears, you want to, there should be a cooler, like a pride of lions. Like that's right. an awesome Right. So I said, it ought to be like a council of bears. Yeah, and, and Devin was like, oh, yeah, a council of bears. That'd yeah, it sounds good. way cooler. Yeah, it sounds way cooler. More like 
I don't even know. A sleuth of bears. Yeah, a sleuth of bears. So, yeah. so that happened sometime earlier in the day. And so we're we're now hunting, and it's later in the evening. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, it's morning, Brian. Yeah, and so now it's kind of like prime bear time, mm-hmm. like the last four hours of the day. We parked the truck on the, kind of like at the first section of these two-year-old cut blocks, and we're going to walk about a K into, and for all you Americans that have no idea what a K is, we don't either. We're just trying to sound like Devin. A K. One kilometer. thousand meters. We base everything on 10, not whatever it is y'all came up with. Random body part measurements. (laughs) (laughs) Feet. There's nothing more natural than feet. Yeah. It's biblical. It's the biblical measurement. Feet. (laughs) Feet. (laughs) And just in case you don't understand it, he gave you two, so you can get it. (laughs) (laughs) So, we we were going to walk about a K into... Wait a second. He also gave you ten. Oh, ten fingers, ten toes. Devin. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when you're right. (laughs) Dan and I have had a challenge this whole trip translating (laughs) kilometers in the metric system back into something that we understand. (laughs) So we're going to walk back in here and on either side of the road, so we're on kind of a slope, and on either side of the road are these big cut blocks. And I mean, you can see up to probably five, six hundred yards in some places. And to the to the right of us was this big cut block that I think I ranged the furthest point like five hundred and thirty-seven yards yeah, to the down. furthest point. Yeah. Which is, is kind of where is we're it at. worth saying? So before I ever did any bear hunting or knew anything, you'd say cut block, and I had no idea what you're talking about. It's just a okay large swath of the forest that they have very strategically the logging companies yeah. have taken the lo- taken yeah. the logs out of absolutely yeah, that, yeah and that's a good point because when you come to different parts of the world to hunt people have different ways of set i would call it a clear cut and, and that technically is not at all a clear cut but in arkansas that's what we say oh, it's yeah. a clear cut clear cut yeah i mean just generic yeah. place where logging has happened yeah 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 but Technically, a clear cut would be where they cut every single tree. They, then they don't just do like that. flatten the place. Yeah. So that is not. But Devin calls them cut blocks. Okay. And Devin's always right. Here he is. Oh. In Arkansas, Dad. we'd put him in his place. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we're walking through these cut blocks, and so to the left of us, you can see 526 yards. To the to the to the right of us, to the left of us, we're looking up this hill and this cut block, and you know we're kind of ranging as we go. And I mean, like the furthest distances we're seeing here are around 400 yards. And so these cut blocks are not just empty and void of trees, but they strategically leave strips of trees, leave clumps of trees, and they're stumpy and rocky, and there's debris and downfall. And so, but more importantly, there's fireweed. Where are we after? sausage where there's fireweed growing in these cut blocks yeah. so it's clay's first day to hunt 10 minutes into the hunt. i mean we're hardly out of sight of the truck yeah and and i just happened to be i think the first one that just looked up this direction and there's a bear and i say there's a bear guys and i see the bear moving quickly which is an unusual i mean like i wasn't expecting to see a bear just like moving fast yeah 
And this bear's moving fast, coming down off of a bank. And I feel like the bear is like either he's been spooked and he's moving from us or he's just traveling across. And so I'm like, there's a bear. He's moving to the left. And he went, what appeared to me, he went into this strip of trees. So we actually, rather than go forward, I my instinct was to go backward, the direction of the bear. And I feel like we're going to see the bear on the other side of this strip of timber. So we backpedal like 50, 60 yards. And I ranged where the bear was, and the bear was like 177 yards. So 177 yards yeah. uphill from us pretty significantly. With the wind going towards him. The wind was going towards the, the thermal. Bear. The thermal lift was pushing our scent towards the bear. back on it, Devin, our guide, went forward. Yeah. Uh, and Clay, you I and called I, him back. You and I pulled back. Yeah. And he probably sent it us and not Devin. Devin was further down the road and the way the yeah. wind was going. Yeah, and they have. He probably sent it you. Well, I don't know. Probably smelled my mustache. Your mustache smells like tacos. (laughs) We haven't had tacos in months. What kind of tacos? Moose tacos. Bad tacos. Moose tacos. So, well, but it turns out the bear hadn't smelled us at that point, Dan. Yeah. Because we go back, like, for, like, probably, like, eight minutes. We're expecting to see this bear move in the direction we thought he was moving. And and we're thinking he's going to pop out. And Devin finally starts creeping up the road, and Devin's like probably 80, 90 yards in front of us down the road, and he starts flagging us over. He's like, come on, come on. And we know what that means. He had seen the bear. So what? We saw the bear. Saw the bear. He was just in there feeding, eating some firewood. So he was right where I saw him. Yeah, he just was there. I mean, the cup lock you would think is like flat, but it's actually like super fissured, right? And there's like stumps. So, I mean, they can disappear in all those little crevices for a little bit they're yeah. eating easily yeah and so what i thought was a moving bear was actually a bear that was just like moving to relocate to like eat a different patch of yeah firewood. just graze yeah. in a different spot for yeah. yeah and so herein starts the interesting part of this story is that we have to judge this bear and so well but what Clay's picky because he killed like 500 bears. True. Well, well not true. Like not six, killed. anyways. I've killed like 498. <laughs> and no, I think I you you're you're not just wanting to kill any bear. You're also not wanting you're you got this new gun, uh, and normally you're shooting with a bow, and that's real close range. True. You're wanting a long shot. Yeah, like I I did I didn't want to do anything unethical or unnatural it's like it's not like i wanted to see a bear and like back up to Ah. shoot it you know what i'm saying yeah but in my heart of hearts i was hoping for a 300 plus yard shot it it really wanted even a little bit longer because we we had shot this gun pretty extensively beforehand i mean this man at 400 yards is like a chip shot with a good rest with no wind with time and so the longest shot I'd ever shot at an animal with a rifle is probably 150 yards. So this bear is 170. This bear is 177 yards. Yeah. And and I'm gonna tell the the story just like it happened because Devin and let me let me preface the story with saying that Devin is an expert at judging bears on the paw. 
The he hoof? is on the hoof. On the hoof. <laughs> if they add hoofs. Bear, he's 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 an expert, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm a I'm a fair judge of bears myself, just from seeing a lot of them and studying it. But this is what's cool though, and Devin said this, and I never heard anybody say it, but part of the fun of oh part of the fun of hunting bears is not only just like sexing bears but ju- like judging bears because it's not yeah. they don't have antlers right right they're just a ball of fur so you gotta try and like learn all these like character traits that would indicate it being a big male or a young male or intermediate male or what whatever you're looking at or potentially a giant yeah right it's not just like it's a four point got him yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's there's a giant blob with a head, yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder how big it is. So, right. and it's very easy to make a mistake. Oh, very. Yeah. There's it, no. It really is a whole different. I mean, being a guy that, again, you know, a deer hunter from Arkansas, uh, I, I feel like in a lot of ways you have to know a lot, and it really is a, a lot of skill. I'm also not really. I don't consider myself a super knowledgeable hunter, but I can look at a buck, a whitetail buck. And I know what kind of buck it is immediately. Right. But right. with the bear, uh, especially on the hoof, on the paw, it, it, it's a, an entirely different skill set. Yeah. It's a whole different ball. It's a different universe as far as what kind Judging of an animal end. is yeah. that. Uh, super impressive. Fascinating to me. Well, and what I liked was that Devin said that is part of the fun and intrigue of bear hunting is – is judging a bear because when I first saw the bear, I don't know if you guys remember it, but I told you I thought it was a small bear. Uh-huh. I mean, like I said, I saw a bear and I said I think it's a small bear. Well, let's let's stop right here though, and let's talk a little bit about judging bears. Like, what are you looking for in an older, mature male through uh, the glass? Through the glass, two hundred yards or five hundred yards, droopy belly. Body posture, that'd be like a huge part of like judging so them. Posture of body. Yeah, big shoulders, like more of a rectangular body shape. Uh, head to body ratio should be small, but the head should look like solid, obviously. Like if the first thing a non-bear hunter says is, oh, I saw a bear, it's huge, it had a huge head. Well, to a bear hunter, that means that's probably a small bear. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if it's all head... That means it's just a young bear, right? Lanky body. Lanky body bear. Yeah. So, yeah, just looking for that, like, I use the head as, like, a judge. So, like, if you just averaged out a black bear head, it's probably, like, let's just say for ease of math, it's 12 inches. So how many, like, head lengths could you get into the body if you had time to, like, perfectly horizontally lengthen the bear with its own head as a scale, right? Because here you can't use, like, trees or stumps or sticks or rocks because everything's so, like, you can have a tree that's a six-inch diameter. You can have a tree that's, like, a six-foot diameter. Yeah. So you have no scale from the vegetation whatsoever. Right. Right. So, yeah, just tricks you learn, right? Yeah. So I would would say, for me, that a boar is always going to be taller, like Mm. sows are shorter. Sows are pear-shaped, like their their chest is going to be smaller, their butt's going to be bigger. Um, Would you say that resembles human people? I'll let Dan comment on that. I uh, have no comment. Okay. 
but it may or may not. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that I look for, and it's harder at longer distances. For sure. But, like, front feet. Yep, front feet. I mean, feet. like, a, bear, a, a, a mature male, and even on a lesser scale, an immature male, mm-hmm. is going to have wider pads, yep. thicker ankles. Thicker ankles, uh, A sure. sow has... Rest. Like skinnier wrist, mm-hmm. smaller feet. Um, you are looking for the the how much daylight is under the belly, but that can be deceptive yep. because you can be looking at a hundred and fifty pound sow bear with a droopy belly. With a droopy belly that's six inches from the ground, and if you don't understand the scale, yep. you'd be like, "That's a monster bear! Look, its belly's jagging the ground." Well, it's a four and a half foot bear. Man. So scale is, yep. everything. scale is everything. And that's what got me on this bear yeah. was scale. So you're looking at you're looking for feet, you're looking for front shoulders, you're looking for rectangular shape, you're looking for just thickness. Like I've noticed when you see a big male bear, you it's just think thick. he's thick. Yeah. Thick and he's, strong. He's looking. thick. Yeah. And you, you you're not you know, I noticed in retrospect, after we, spoiler alert, passed the bear, oh my goodness. I remember thinking back on what I saw, mm-hmm. and I saw a bear that didn't have much of a neck. It was like his shoulders just went yeah. into his head, and, yeah. it, and that indicated that he was just like this big, stocky Whereas bulldog-like. that little chocolate bear oh, that we bumped neck. into, she had a really long neck. I remember yeah. her setting up on that stump, and we were seven yards and she just looked out, and her nose would go out, and she just had a very significant neck. Right. And she was also a pretty small bear. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I would just say that scale is everything, because you just got to know what you're looking at. But but a big mature male is just going to look thick. So, and I'm going to tell this whole story, because I've already told you that Devin is an expert. And so... Devin, and, and he kind of said this like tongue in cheek, but I told him it was a small bear. Devin goes out in front of us, sees the bear feeding almost in the same spot I saw it originally, but was fooled into thinking that it had moved. And Devin waves us over, and you know, it's the, it's the I see a bear wave. Uh-huh. I think we all know that wave. Yeah. It's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I mean, I knew he was looking at a bear. We go up there, and he says, there's your seven-foot bear. And he kind of said it. Like, I knew he didn't, like, mean that fully, but he was trying to say, Clay, that's a big bear. In your defense, Devin is Canadian, and he's hard to understand sometimes. True. True. I thought he was talking a metric system. Metric seven. Metric seven, which would be Canadian feet. Giant. Wait. Well, I, I don't See, know. See, it's just it's confusing. Point seven meters. Okay. Okay. No. And so, so we, I run down there, Dan gets the camera set up, I drop down on my knees, and I'm looking up the mountain at this bear, and the wind is hitting us right in the back of the neck, going straight to this bear, and through the scope, I see this bear at 177 yards, bobbing his head up and down. Dipping his nose into the, into the air. He's winding us. Boom. And we know that our time is limited. And immediately, Devin says, I don't think that bear is seven foot. Yeah. He says, nah. And I, and I hear that, that kind of 
Like, I wonder what tone, like if we were playing piano, well, that tone, nah. Yeah, like, like a, a B flat. Like a B, I hear like a B flat note. I think to me, you know, that that's the third day of the hunt. I hunted the first two days, and then the morning of the third day, we were basically going after my bear and kind of getting yeah. it back to camp. So literally, you have four more days of right, four more whole days of hunting ahead of you. Right, and you wanted a really long, a much longer a big, shot. You yeah. wanted a big bear, and right. we weren't sure this was a big bear, and we it certainly wasn't a long shot. And 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 none of us wanted to take a take a smaller bear. I mean, like I wanted to get a big bear. Devin yeah. wanted me to get a big bear. And so all the things were stacked against us to make a mistake on this yeah, bear. Yeah. And so, but immediately Devin goes, no, nah, I don't think that's a seven foot bear. And I, and you know, and I'm just like, well, what do you think? Should I shoot? I mean, and, okay, the bear wins us and the bear doesn't run away. The bear just starts just moving towards the wood line. Up, up away from Just us. moving slowly towards the wood line. He'd stop and look back. I don't think he saw us. I doubt he would have seen us with yeah, his eyes, but he could smell us. And he would just walk. And so I've got the gun up, and I'm ranging, and I'm like, ah, oh, he's, he's 200 now. He's 225. And Devin is totally giving me the option to shoot this bear. He's like, it's like that's a good bear. And he said, you know, I'd say six plus. And then he said, that's probably a six and a half foot bear. That's what he's, that's what you, the conclusion you came to. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. You said that's a six and a half foot bear. And it's really impressive. And I, and, but still I was like, should I shoot that bear? Because, and, and I learned something on this hunt that I'm going to come back to. And I'm going to tell you now though. A gonna, six and a half foot bear. You're gonna come back to it now. I'm, I'm gonna tell you something later. That's the conclusion of this whole thing. But I'm gonna tell it to you now, mm-hmm. so that you know it. So when I tell it to you later, it makes more sense. It'll make more sense. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, I, oh, see okay, now you're talking joke. normal. It's a joke. It's a joke. Like a humorous joke, but not humorous. It's a humorous joke, but it's not really that funny. A six and a half foot bear is a whopper bear. Hmm. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your outfitter says. Six and a half foot bear is a big bear. It's a good bear. It's a good so, bear. So, that's what I'm saying. So, anyway. But at the moment, at the moment, we decided that Clay wasn't going to shoot a six foot, six and a half foot bear. No. Right? Right. I mean. Even now, you can tell we're a little hesitant about it. But so many things pointed against it. Right, and so, well, and, and the primary thing for me was I had been hunting for 10 minutes. The bear was moving away. We were going to have to make a rush decision, and there was there was doubt in everyone's voice. Mm-hmm. Every voice around me was like, ah. Well, Dan, Dan kind of was like, Dan man. Dan was just screaming, kill it! He was like, he was like, man, there's, we got it on film, Clay. You know, he was like, uh-huh. this Maybe your chance. And all in my expertise, that's a ten foot bear. Yeah, that's a ten. Dan's foot, like five hundred yard shot. Kill it! I got a. Dan's like it. this is a world record black bear. No. Nah. So we we video this bear and basically the bear walks off and I don't shoot. Yep. And 
Almost. And we didn't really care at the time. At the moment. At the moment, we were kind of like proud of ourselves a yeah. little bit. We are I conservationists was. right now. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. <laughs> this is like, we are the epitome of... Selective hunting. Selective harvest. We were like, in two years, that bear will be a whopper. Man. I think I said that. And two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we keep walking. And it Walk took me about minutes. a total of five minutes... To like deepen my spirit, <laughs> like my my mind was still rationalizing why this was such a brilliant decision mm-hmm. to pass this bear, but deep in my heart I was like, "Holy smokes, that was a nice bear!" <laughs> and the further we got, the more Dan was like trying to make me feel good about it. He's like, "You're gonna be glad you passed that bear," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I really wanna. I'd like to get like a just a whopper." Anyway, we go about a K down the road, and we're talking, we're strategizing about how we're going to get back on that bear. (laughs) Devin starts saying, like, you know, we could probably glass from right here if we need to get back on that bear later (laughs) in the week. (laughs) It's like, we could probably, and I mean, like, I'm already seeing this thing, like, play out, like, and I'm like, we're going to be hunting this bear the rest of the week. Like. And and Devin had his camera with him, which had a really good zoom, and he had zoomed in really on this bear, and he starts watching the footage, and he at some point looks at me and goes, I think we made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, look at this, and it it shows the bear, and he has this like, it's like a bear. Swagger. It has a swagger. Like it's like there's a joint in the middle of his back, and his front legs just like pivot. The when swagger he walks. joint. The swagger. Yeah. Anyway, I look at it and I go, "Dang it, you're right." And I'm looking and I'm thinking about what I saw in the scope. What I saw in the scope was thickness. I saw very little. I mean, I saw a belly that hung low. I uh-huh. saw thick shoulders. I saw, I saw thickness, but. For some reason, and I think it had to do with that it was the first 10 minutes of the hunt, it was rushed. I had initially, when I immediately saw the bear, I thought, oh, that's not a very big bear. And you know, when we were looking at Devin's camera, after you passed it, walked the K down, looking at the pictures of that bear, the zoomed in on that, and seeing him walk like that, that's when I just immediately, I went back to thinking a council of bears. And that's when I looked at that picture and saw him just kind of in his majesty (laughs) presiding over that big cut block. And I said, the councilman. The councilman. (laughs) So Dan names the bear the councilman. The councilman. councilman. And we realized that maybe we had made a mistake. And I I really, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to give this responsibility. This is. I had chose, and Devin totally was like, when I had the opportunity to shoot him the first time, he's like, Clay, it's your decision. Totally your decision. Like, he wasn't saying, don't shoot the bear. He didn't say that at all. He was like, your decision, your decision. It's a nice bear, your decision. Oh, yeah, it was and clearly I, your mistake. Well, well, yeah, but you helped. <laughs> 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 and so, then we're like regretting it. <laughs> But, and this is when, this is when, and I got, I just got to tell the folks back home, 
<laughs> when I gave my spiel about why I believed that bear would come back. The day before we had bumped a bear off the road, two days before we had bumped a bear off the road, and humans walking down a logging road with no trucks, no gravel popping, and all of a sudden a bear that's feeding in what he feels like is a secure place gets bumped off the road by human odor. I feel like that bear, I'm not saying he's not going to come back. He'd just be a little wiser. He'd be a little wiser about what happened. But there have been a lot of active logging in this region. Like we, we saw logging trucks as we were coming in and out. We actually saw tree planters about a, a K up the road mm-hmm. that were moving around. And this bear had only smelled us. And so I said, hey, I don't think we really hurt this bear much. I don't think we bumped him that bad. Because we're down on the road. We're 200 yards from him. And he had just smelled us. And so there was this inkling of hope that the bear would come back. But I think deep down, at least I deep down, did not think that he would come back that right, night. Yeah. Now, tell me honestly, what did you think, Devin? Uh, I mean, what were the say. chances? Good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, but at the moment, like yeah. in a hunting situation, usually usually things don't work in your favor. No, generally not. you got to... So, you know, I was thinking we'd come back tomorrow. Yeah, probably. probably More likely, him. yeah. But Devin, Devin uses a, a lighter to test the wind. And so right now, currently the wind was coming up the mountain, like blowing back into where like, the bear went. Yeah, to the initial like lift that had scared him or right. pushed him off the first time. And so Devin says, well, let's wait till the thermal shift. And we'll go back to where we saw the bear. And just maybe he'd be there. And, and, you know, when you're holding the gun, when it's your time to hunt, you just don't, a lot of times you just don't think it's going to work out perfect. Yeah. It couldn't possibly work out. Like the councilman, surely. He's no dummy. He's no dummy. He didn't get that big and be elected as councilman by being stupid. (laughs) And so... We sit there for like 30 minutes, and we're regret. I'm regretting it. I'm starting to feel that regret. And Devin's lighting his lighter, and there's just like a tipping point in the evening when the thermals just start to fall down the mountain. And so the second that happened, we said, let's go. And we walked, I would say, no more than 100 yards down the road. Devin's out maybe 30, 40 yards in front of us. We're still lamenting the, the decision. Pass. Yeah, we really were. And Devin gives us the I see a bear wave. Get your and I heard him here. say, there he is. Just like, there he is. And I just, man, that, the, the thrill of hunting to me is found in the first encounter with an animal. Or like the first like to me, when I'm whitetail hunting, yeah, I, every season I look forward to the first deer that I see of the year from the stand. Yeah, and I to this day, if it's a doe, if it's a fawn, my heart skips a beat, and it's just like, <gasps> it's a deer. Yeah, you know, when I'm bear hunting, that first flash of black fur from hunting over bait or what? I mean, it's like, <gasps> and that's what it was like for me. He said, "There he is," and it's just like, "You're kidding." I mean, that, that's, that's my, that's my expletive. You're kidding. <laughs> you dirty Canuck. <laughs> you lying to me. You're tricking me. <laughs> you can't trust them. 
And and so he goes, there he is. And he gives us the he gives us the bear the bear wave. Yeah. And I go, come on, Dan. And we just like start moving fast. And bam, I hit the ditch because there's a there's a pretty nice little ditch there that I knew I could get my body lower than the road and get kind of a natural angle where I could be totally prone on the ground. Because he's significantly elevation-wise higher than us. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I would say, elevation-wise, he was... A couple hundred feet, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. 200 Mm -hmm. plus feet above us. Oh, yeah. And he's in the wood line, and he had, all he had done was he went into the woods. We watched him walk into the woods. And I mean, he just went up there and just he laid down for a minute, bro. Laid down for an Gone hour. To the bathroom, took a nap. Yeah, you could. We could speculate on what he did. Well, they probably attended chambers. Yep. Had what? Attended the chambers, the council chambers. Yeah. Any more spec? You said he probably went to the bathroom, looked at a magazine, maybe read bear, bear hunting I- magazine. No. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> don't even tell him that you guys have been plotting. <laughs> They've been plotting against me all week as publisher of Barony Magazine. We won't bring that up though. So the councilman had gone into the gone into the woods and I mean just popped out in the same spot. Yep. But I mean, now he's what he's not as this at the same spot that he was when we passed on him. He's in the same cut block, but he's further away. Yeah, true that. So the first shot, hundred and seventy something. Right. This one four hundred. Four hundred. I'm laying on my belly with briars like piercing me mm-hmm. you're behind me with a camera Devin's yeah. on his knees right to the right of me you know glassing telling me what the bear's doing yeah and I range and I get a range of 400 some odd y- yeah. yards so you know I mean you know this is a shooter bear he's a great bear we've had lots of time to think about it and not right. only that but now he is He's a. It's going to be a significant shot. Yeah, and which that's is what, what I you wanted. wanted. That's what I wanted. I wanted it. I wanted it. And so, I'm prone, and I dial the dial the turret to 400 yards. On your huskama. On my huskama. Five by twenty. Five by twenty. Yep. And zoom that bad boy up to 20 power. And and I'm. I'm on the rest, and I truly was, um, I was, I was a little bit surprised at how nervous I was. I was surprised at how my heartbeat impacted the bounce of those crosshairs all over that bear at that distance, you know, like you just, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And like the gun was jumping with my heartbeat and I wasn't tired from walking anywhere. It literally was like you were adrenaline and excitement. I knew I needed to settle down, but we also had lots of time. But and this is where people mess up: is you got lots of time, but you there's this thing, there's this predatory instinct inside of you that just wants to do it quick. I mean, you just like got to get this done. I would say, from my experience with harvesting animals. That is the biggest mistake that people make is that, like, when you see what you're after, you think you've got to get it done. And there are certain situations when you do. Yeah. 
for sure. There's there's certainly situations when you when you when you have to act quickly if you're going to capitalize awesome. on an opportunity. Yeah. But this was not one of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, a uh, a uh, a mature hunter is going to know when that's the case and when it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I had to like talk myself down to like this bear's not going anywhere. He's actually moving down the mountain. I've got plenty of time. I can wait for my heartbeat to slow down. Yep. Breathe. Breathe. And so at that point, I like talked myself down and the situation just unfolded. Mm-hmm. I had a veteran bow hunter from, from Arkansas one time tell me something that's really simple, but it, it's meant a lot to me over the years. It's really simple. But he said most bow hunters make a mistake because they don't let the situation unfold before them. They try to make the opportunity. They don't make mm-hmm. the oppor- They don't let the opportunity unfold. Yeah. They try to make the opportunity happen. Force it. Force it. Mm. Can't force it. Yeah. If you force it, you'll mess it up. You can't force the councilman. You can't force the councilman to do anything. Not this. Not no. So. Devin has given me the play-by-play of what he's doing because he's thinking I'm going to shoot at any second. Mm-hmm. He's like, broadside, bears behind a rock, quarter and two. I mean, it's great commentary. It's like having a spotter that's just... And I'm watching the bear, but it's it's confirming. Uh-huh. He's confirming what my eyes are seeing. So it's giving me confidence. And it actually played out really good one Super time helpful. because I thought, at one point, I thought the bear was quartering away. Just because, like, this black blob is just, like, moving uh-huh. through brush, through rocks. Yeah. And at one time, my perception of what happened was contradictory to what he said. Mm. And I was actually about to shoot. And then he said, I was like, wait a minute. And I reevaluated what I was seeing. And I was like, oh, the bear is actually quartering to yeah. me. So, you know, he's, like, spotting for me. Just, like, broadside, quartering to, moving down. Behind the rock, brushing away, da 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 da. When the bear was close to 400 yards, he was broadside, and I was actually going to squeeze. I mean, it was on, and I squeeze, waiting, you know, trying not to anticipate when the gun's going to go off, and the squeeze just gets harder and harder and harder. And I really know the trigger pull on this gun. I've shot it enough. <laughs> Pretty much I realized I'm like jamming on the trigger and I'm like, safety's on, click. So I, you know, lift my head, click the safety off, take a deep breath, you know, because I just knew I was about to squeeze the trigger. Safety was on. Well, by this time the bear's repositioned, moved, and it was probably another solid five minutes before I shot. How long do y'all think we actually did that? I mean, we watched him for a long time. I I think it probably was five minutes. And when you're looking through the scope of the bear, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. So, so the bear moves down, and he was at 400 yards to begin with. And every time he's moving, he's actually getting closer to us, kind of just snaking down through this cut block. I'm ranging from my belly, and it, it was real disrupting to have to range because you're you're down on the scope and you got him found. You're on 20 power. He's hard to see, kind of. And then he's moving, and you're like, well, he's probably moved 10 or 15 yards. I need to range him again. So you raise your head up, you range him, and then by the time you find him again, he's moved a little bit further. And so Devin kept saying, he's moved, but it's not 
a significant distance or he's moved laterally. So he's not any further than he was. So that was helpful because I would be like, I got to range him again. And he said, nah, he's, a, he's basically at the same range. So that was helpful. And so finally the bear turns broadside. Boom! And the bear was at 350 yards per the rangefinder. And I lose track of the bear in the scope. And, but these guys are both watching it, and they see the bear run up the hill. Up the hill, maybe eight yards. Yeah, not very far. And it's really kind of spectacular to me. The bear's running up a pretty steep incline and just tips over backwards with feet straight up in the air and just starts rolling down the hill. I mean, it was like, and, and I was jacking in another shell to shoot him again because all that I saw was I shot and the bear ran. Oh. Yeah. 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 And so I'm jacking another shell in, and before I can even get another shell in, Devin's like, he's down. He's down. He's paws up. Yep. Paws up. And Dan says, Councilman's down. <laughs> Meeting's adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> The meeting's adjourned, Councilman. Session is closed. Session is closed. And so I was excited. I really was. And, and to me, it was a unique experience shooting an animal at, for me, what was long range. I mean, for Western well, for guys. People, that's, long. that's pretty far. For real, for real life hunting, 350's not close. Right? No yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so most of my hunting of recent years has been very close range. I mean, hunting with traditional archery, man, I want to be within 12 yards of them. Mm -hmm. And so, but this was an equally compelling experience to shoot one of that far. And and the way I would describe it is that it's almost like, you know, uh, it's it's, it's like a, it's like a magical experience to be that far from an animal Mm -hmm. and to, Boom, and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a whole different skill set. Yeah. And a very specific that differs widely from traditional archery or bow hunting. Yeah. And it's super, I mean, when you say every time your heart beat, those crosshairs would bounce at 350 yards. Would bounce a foot a on that bear. is the bear, you know, it's, so it's crazy. Yeah. And it, and it, it what gave what was really cool was having a very accurate weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that gun is a shooter, big time, and so that gives you the confidence that the bullet's going to hit where the crosshairs are yeah. on that animal. The gun, and the, and the great thing about it is you can trust that gun. The bad thing about it is, if there's a mess up, you only have one person to blame. Exactly, <laughs> shooter error. Shooter error. Yeah. yeah. So we go up to the bear, and. It's just spectacular scenery. Oh, man. I mean, you're just, you feel like you're on top of the world. That's what you were yeah. saying. It's like you killed a bear on top of the world because you did. We're, we're looking out across this huge glacial valley, snow capped mountains, oh. just spectacular. And to me, that was a, the highlight of it. To me, to kill a bear, you know, bears are iconic of North American wilderness. And you need to kill a bear in the wilderness. Mm. And it, it that's the experience, that's the adventure, that's the fun, is where these critters live. Mm-hmm. And so that was so cool. And so we get up to the bear, and I mean, he's just, he's the thumper. I mean, it, it, there's no way 
I just don't know how anybody would pass this bear. I think immediately front, you know, again, knowing very little about bear, but knowing the bear that I had shot the day before. And I'm so, I'm, Devin, again, probably would have wanted me to wait. <laughs> but I just wanted one so bad. But then seeing, immediately walking up on this bear, it was like, oh, okay, that's a big bear. Yeah. yeah uh, it's just yeah. huge. Yeah. Spectacular coat. Oh, man. The the fur on these bears is as good as any fur I've ever seen on a black bear. And oh, I, yeah. I want to measure the fur on the rump of uh-huh. my bear. I, know, I mean, it's got to be five inches long. And I'm going to confirm that. But it's long. It, it, at, at the highest point, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. At the yeah, longest yeah. point. But the bear... And so here's the, here's, the, here's the cut to the chase. Is the bear ended up squaring six and a half foot. Mm-hmm. Exactly what exactly Devin what Devin said. originally, you know, when he really evaluated, he was like from two hundred yards away, six and a half foot bear, right on the money. And so, and then to go back to the spoiler alert that I already spoiled you with twenty thirty minutes ago, that I'm going to spoil you with now, is that a six and a half foot bear is a whopper. Yeah, especially if it's thick i mean I, I suspect you could shoot a six and a half foot bear that didn't weigh as much as this bear i i'm i'm kind of funny when it comes to weight i i usually i try to estimate on the underside of what it weighed i i think that bear in a range would have weighed 325 to 375 probably pretty close here yeah. yeah and that's a toad of a spring bear so this bear was, you know, six six, and see in the bear hunting community, like seven foot is like the mark, but I want to draw the mark and say seven foot's a whopper bear. I've killed a lot of bears. I've never killed a, a true seven foot square bear, and I and and I've killed bears that weighed five hundred pounds, four hundred thirty five pounds. Uh, so what I'm saying is is that kind of in hunting you know you you get these things like oh you got to kill 150 inch whitetail yeah well i'm telling you i'd travel across the globe to kill a 140 inch whitetail with my bow that's just the truth oh yeah now if i lived in iowa and was a resident iowa hunter i mean maybe that'd be different but so i'll just go on the record saying i'll travel across the globe to kill a six and a half foot big old mean stinky black bear Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, awesome, awesome experience in the high country of British Columbia, Canada. Um, we got the bear out. We took out all the meat. Uh, we even cut off a little rack of ribs, which uh, the meat is going to be highly utilized. And, uh, Devin, what do you have to say about all this? Just another day in the Canadian wilderness, boys. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, closing comments, Devin. Just like, do you have any, like, anything you would add to, or just even your experience with guiding hunters or? Um, bear hunting is definitely like an adventure a hunter should try because it's so, it's not anything like hunting the antlered species, right? So it's yeah. just a totally different thing a spring bear hunting especially is nice because they're so day active yeah. um so it's a, it's a awesome adventure oh man yeah 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 can i add, throw in a little 
tidbit of trivia here? It is your podcast, so we kind of have to listen. I don't to even you. have a podcast. Okay. No, Devin. Devin told us last night that his first memory. He he tricked us because he said, "Hey guys, what's your first memory?" And me and Daniel said something stupid like, "Oh, I remember like riding my bike down the hill." <laughs> and Devin goes, "My first memory." Was I was in my yard. Can I tell this? Is this okay? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, it's cool. I don't know if I'm comfortable with you opening up Devin's deepest. Well, he said it's okay. Campfire discussions. Oh, no, no, I'm not gonna. No, it, yeah. no. He said he said his first memory as a little boy. He was in his front yard in British Columbia, Canada, and a bear walks by. And no one had told him about bear hunting. No one had told him that humans could kill bears. And how old would he been? Like three, four? Right, four. Yeah, somewhere in there, four or five. And he thought, I want to kill that bear. <laughs> I got my gun-shaped stick root. Kill that bear. I want to kill that bear. And, and now, we here we are. And that's what Devin does. Killing bears. Weird thing was, even at four years old, he was six two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. could walk over a mountain in three steps. And he had legs like <laughs> like a giraffe, way out of proportion to the rest of his body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Dan, uh, so closing thoughts, Devin Jewel, Pacific Bear Outfitters, come check it out. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, you oh, got you yeah. put it a shameless plug for your yep. Organization. Uh, Pacific Bear Outfitters custom high quality hunts for large coastal black bear. Yeah, yeah. And I and I will say that Devin is the god. I mean, like you're not coming here and there's not like six hunters in camp. I mean, De- Dave, Dan, and I are the only hunters in camp. Uh, now, Dave, our our hero, Dave, is the cook and is here just like as a support. He's an awesome guy. So I mean, like Devin, if you come here. I would say there's a good chance that Devin will be guiding you. If yeah. if there were two people that needed guides, Devin has close friends that are guides that will guide as well that know this area that can. But but a lot of times you go on a guided hunt and you book a hunt with an outfitter, yeah, and then you, you spend the week with some Something kid like, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's not a bad. I don't want to paint that as like a negative thing. No. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. And so the in every every camp, there's a little bit of something different that might appeal to somebody. Yeah. But if you talk to Devin, he's the one you're going to be hunting with. Yeah. You know, and so that's cool. I think that's cool. So he, he takes a lot of personal responsibility for the success of these hunts. And I mean, he just works hard. And that's why I'm back for the second time. Yeah. And I will tell you, as publisher of Barony Magazine, I, you know, have access to a lot of different opportunities when it comes to Black Bear. And so for me to go to a place twice means means something. Yeah. It really does. I mean, for me, just being a normal guy, and I come because I'm your friend, I'm on, you know, taking your word for it. But uh, I, I just, I had no idea of, about bear hunting, just seen pictures of it and heard stories, but had no idea everything that goes into it. And I intentionally set my expectations really low. But in my heart of hearts, I wanted everything. I wanted all. I, I, I wanted all. I wanted uh, like dramatic scenery, amazing experience, adventure. I wanted fun. I wanted to laugh the whole time with a friend, and and I want. I thought I'm going to spend a whole week with a guy that I don't even know, 
is how's that going to be? What's that going to be like? I wanted to kill a bear. I wanted to eat good food. I, you know, on the I'd set my expectations low, but deep down, that's what you wanted. I wanted everything, <laughs> and all of it has way exceeded anything yeah. I could have ever wanted. Yeah. I mean, just hey, super tons. Like on the way here, or well, it may have been like three days before when you're at my house. Yeah, I, I, I really hadn't told you like the the arrangements of camp that we would each have our own wall tent. Yeah. And it, and Dan was like, I thought it was going to be me and you and the outfitter, a little, a little pop-up tent <laughs> on the side of some mountain. I, re- I mean, like, I, and he was like uh, totally pumped for months thinking yeah. about this hunt just thinking well, we'll be like roughing it. Like, oh man. I but, like... but man, we're, we're at a really comfortable camp. Each, you know, all of us have different, quite large wall tent oh gosh, i got my yeah. stuff just like strode out all it's like my cabin up there and uh so it's real comfortable and um we're eating we're eating hot food we're you know we got we just got what we need here um yeah. and i will say too that this would be something different than i've seen before for bear outfitters is that that devon uh fleshes and salts the entire bear yeah. So that you don't have to take it home frozen, mm-hmm. and they also clean the skulls while you're here. Yeah, if so, possible. If possible, yeah. If you, if we have enough time. Yeah. If you don't kill a bear on like the last day. Yeah, the last like. Yeah, and so basically, he saved us a couple hundred bucks minimum in taxidermy work. Like we still have to take this bear to the taxidermist to get whatever done with it we're going to do with it, but uh, usually you'd have to pay someone quite a bit to take out the paws, take out the head. Flesh the hide, salt the hide. So he's done a lot of the work. So that's pretty unique. And it'll be super easy, easy for us to get it back through Canadian Customs. We don't have to worry about frozen. Lots of these hunts, I'm worried about a frozen hide. Like you pull the hide out and it's frozen Ugh. and you're on a time clock then oh. after that. And so you're worried, well, what if it gets lost on the way back and I have to wait two days for it to arrive? And the hides ruined. I mean, these hides are salted, and, and they would be good for months. Months. Yeah. So they're they're good. So that's a that's a cool thing. But we've ate good. We've had lots of coffee. We've had lots of Gatorade. We've had lots of lasagna, French toast, and he made some whopper awesome double fried French fries. Home yesterday. cut fries. And he's gonna do it again today for us. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. He's gonna. Make those french fries. Make those. Cut those french fries. Amazing. Amazing. From real Canadian potatoes. Yeah, not that Idaho. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. 
I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. 